Hi, this is April Rose Gabrielli, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. The show where nerds like us that get the camaraderie, you know, the support that we missed during middle school. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 124. She'll know that when she puts on the Red Shirt and joins in on a music tour, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her keyboard. All right, so our guest today is someone that Kathleen and I have had the privilege of speaking to before on our former show, Pop Culture Addicts, still available on YouTube if you're wondering. And we have aired that episode on here at at, uh, FSF as well. But now Nick gets the chance to experience her awesomeness in person as well. She's an amazingly talented musician with a wonderful voice who has some new music out. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, what gone on in, in life since we got to talk to her last and we are so proud and so excited to technically welcome back but to welcome april rose gabrielli to the fsf podcast welcome to the show april thank you so much for having me again it's been a while since i've seen you guys and i'm uh ready to chat with my new friend here all right so april you have been an extremely busy person since the last time we got to chat there's been yeah. an ep there's been a full-length album you've been out touring uh, at making music videos and, and writing songs, not only for yourself, but I know that you've been writing with Kulik as well and all these different things. So talk to us about the last 12 months for you as a musician, about your new music. How you doing there, kiddo? <laughs> I am I am great. Um, I, I mean, first and foremost, my health is, I'm going to say, very much, is in a much better place probably since we last talked which is great because for people who don't know my story, I was diagnosed with epilepsy in November of 2020. I had to write my whole record basically in the year and a half, two years that I was trying to find a uh, a way to control them. So I was in and out of the hospital, all that. And it's been a year now since they've been under control, which is the longest awesome. that it's been since I've diagnosed. So I'm very grateful for that. So that's first and foremost no matter what was going on with music, I feel good about being healthy. I'm very grateful for that. So that's been fantastic. And it's been much easier to do things not being so um, sick. So that's cool. And then, um, yeah, I had the I had a couple singles come out. I had uh, Bad Habit come out, um, which was the single in February of 2022 with a, a music video where I turned into a demigorgon. That was really fun to make with mm-hmm. all my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had a single called Need a Break come out in around April. Um, then the EP came out with six songs, including the first three singles. And then, um, yeah, and then the, the album came out in August, only like last month, a month and a half now. Um, and it's a 17 song record. It's 12 songs, but the rest are interlude tracks. I think it's like five interludes cool. on there. Um, yeah, and it's it's all out. It's my first record. It's all my first songs. And um, yeah, now I'm kind of just hung over from that whole experience and trying to figure out, you know, what worked, what didn't work. And I just mean, Cool just launched uh, our very own uh, production company. So we've been producing out of this room um, for a long time. And, you know, artists were coming to us being like, who did your songs? And we were like, we did them. So, um, accident, it kind of fell into our lap and we just sort of been producing, mixing, mastering, writing, um, with a ton of other artists. So we just officially, or we did a soft launch on it, like 
earlier this month. It's oh, called The Pair. Cool. I don't know. The sign's not on. I should probably turn it on, but yeah. So The Pair, as in the fruit. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. I, was yeah. just, I was looking over. I'm like, I should have grabbed the CD. I have your CD. Oh, you do? My husband, my husband bought it. He just got his autographed copy in the mail last week. Who is your husband? John Floss. Oh my God. I was like wondering who this is. Oh my yeah, God. That's so... Yeah. Good. I was like, who is this guy? That's great. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm like cool. I, I was just looking for it. I'm like, where did it go? It just Oh, I would have put your it. name on it too. Yeah. Okay. Cause he, he was so, um, he joined my Patreon, which is like super cool. I just started, I started a Patreon this year too. Um, because awesome. I'm yeah, mostly doing all my own like funding and, you know, it's mm -hmm. and just to build a community that's not like on TikTok would make mm -hmm. me, it makes me feel better because I'm just trying to create longevity in what I do. And it's been really hard to do that in this era of media, which I'm sure right. you guys really feel the, the heat from too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, all my Patreons get little perks like that. I'll sign them CDs and send them for free and things like that. So it was so funny as I went out and got the mail and I'm like, what is this from Pennsylvania? And he's like, it's a CD. I'm like, well, I can tell that it's a CD from the way that it feels in the package. Where? I'm like, <laughs> but who's? And like, he yeah. got home and he opened it. I'm like, oh, that's so Yeah, that's no, cute. that's awesome. Um, that makes me feel, I mean, it was cool either way if he's a stranger or not, but I, it's like, I always just like to know like, I'm just trying to like how this person find me, like who is this? Blah blah. But so yeah, I want to cool. I want to share a note with you real quick. This is from John. Uh and John also does all the editing and producing here on our, our shows and uh between him and Nick, there are editors. But John said talking about your album and he, about the interview tonight, he said it's a very solid album. All the instruments are clear and balanced, the writing is excellent, easily one of my favorite releases so far this year. Wow. Thanks, John. So, and I would tend to agree with him. It's an amazing album. And I, yeah. So uh, there's Thank a couple so tracks that, that I really appreciate and enjoy myself. They happen to be releases so far, but I love the song Bad Habit. That's the song I'll, I'll like, if I'm working around the house, I'll put that on loop and just let it play. Because, uh, I don't know, I like the rise and fall in, in a lot of the spots of the song. And I like mm -hmm. the wordplay that you do in the song. And you know, and for me, that's always very cool. I love wordplay. And so when, you know, me too. when somebody can work wordplay into a song, and I think we talked about this uh, with your Do You song on, on Pop Culture Addicts about, you know, I, I loved the, the wordplay in that song as well. And I think that's one of the, the coolest bits about your writing is that you work in wordplay and in very, very smart places. And I just think it's very well done. So thank you. So being a public figure and being in the limelight, everything that you do falls under scrutiny at some point. And it sometimes causes people to judge your character. Like when you admit to buying jeggings. <laughs> I was like, this sounds familiar. <laughs> I saw your TikTok and I was laughing so hard because as a fellow fan of the stretchy pants, do you wish that you had bought them sooner? Yes. And you know what? I really... I I am totally like a hundred percent a contrarian, like counterculture. Like if everybody's doing it and everybody loves it, which there's a reason for always, I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear about it. So it's like it took me 10 years to watch The Office. Is The Office one of my favorite shows in the whole world? Absolutely. <laughs> but it took me 10 years to watch it. Breaking Bad. Didn't watch that until fairly recently. Really great. Really interesting. All the things that everybody else has watched. I watched Polar Express. It came out in like 2004. I watched it last year. 
like and and all these things are great but yeah then the other day i'm like okay like i'm start. you know i work from home i work in a desk all day here there's no reason for me to be wearing a lot of tight pants and i'm like mm-hmm. okay, i mean maybe i'm like i wish i could just look really great but not feel like how i look if that makes sense like mm-hmm. you know like not being all tightened up so i was like hmm and i'm like oh my god jeggings do i do it like no one's doing it now or like if they are it's secret mm-hmm. so it's safe enough for me to do it um and once again mm-hmm. i just should have done it when everyone else is doing it but i will never learn so yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i got jeggings and I, I you know i i knew that my true you know my true groupies know that i have completely verbally abused the wear the wearers of jeggings i've been like what are you doing wear jeans wear leggings don't do both you know it's i'm joking but it's like you know what i mean i just always I'll always i'll always find a way to like be counterculture for some reason i like really need to fix that because if i have kids that are doing that i'm gonna be like can you just relax right like, just yeah. enjoy life wear the jeggings you know mm-hmm. <laughs> see and it's, yeah. it's funny is i am not only am i a fan of just comfortable pants in general i actually have multiple pairs of name brand pajama jeans of all things pajama jeans that's not jeggings they are not they look like jeans but they're almost flannelly on the inside but they have like oh they have a drawstring waistband and they are the most comfortable do they look like pajama pants they're like wearing them they're like standard traditional jeans i've seen those before that's cool they are so comfortable and it was so funny as it was not long after my daughter was born that I actually looked at my mom and I'm like, I need to give you a formal apology. And she's like, for what? I'm like, I gave you so much crap about stretchy pants. <laughs> stretchy pants are the way to go. Yeah. Wearing real pants is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> real pants are really like, I mean, it's rough. I'm, yeah, it's it's not my favorite <laughs> thing to be doing. Also too, like I, and I'm not against it. Like I'm always down for like, you, you wear whatever you want, make yourself comfortable. Like I'm, I'll never judge. It's just like, you know, half of it's mostly for humor for me or like, I don't know. It's just something's wrong. There's a screw loose or something. But um, I also went to private school. So I was wearing a uniform for close to nine years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little uptight in terms of like, you know, feeling like it's okay to dress down or like, you know, cause for a long time I'm in, like, I couldn't even get my, like I was allowed to get one ear pierced, like one hole, but you're not allowed to have more than one. I couldn't wear makeup all the way up until like eighth grade. I was like not allowed to wear oh, makeup. Wow. Yeah. Like my, my private school is pretty, I guess, strict in that regard. I mean, like, it's, it's not like I felt like it was strict. I actually wasn't like oh, I really want to wear makeup or, you know, I really want to do this. Like I didn't really feel the, you know, the strictness there, but um, yeah, I think that's another reason I feel a little like uncomfortable sometimes with being like really comfortable because I like just when you're out and you're in front of people in a formal setting, you're supposed to like look a certain way, you know, that was, that's kind of like my head, but yeah. um, Go jeggings is the moral of the story. (laughs) For sure. And And I'm over here just like, it's track pants season. So have at it. So, right. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, it's like initially with the with the pajama jeans and the, the jeggings, I'm like, no, no way. And I don't think I'm ever going to buy real jeans again. Mm-hmm. Like, they look like jeans. They have functional pockets like jeans. But I don't have a stupid waistband digging into my gut when I sit down. 
Like, yeah. Yeah. All these, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting a little older over the last couple of years, but like different parts are doing different things. And I need to, uh, I need to address that within my wardrobe. So <laughs> I'm there's, that, there's that shift that happens where you're like, no, mm-mm, we're gonna, we're gonna go more comfortable now. Yeah. Yeah. Pants. We're I still think- wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> only when we have to yeah this, i'm, I'm pretty much like we... yeah I, there's only a certain amount of hours that i can actually wear real pants before i like start to get irritated um for mm-hmm. oh, us so... right <laughs> before the existence of pants is just too much i know i yeah i was talking with my wife the other day because my wife goes and works she she has a real job outside of the house uh i have you know. i have my job inside of the house and you know i'm a stay-at-home dad as well and and all this stuff so you know we're talking she'll she'll send me a message hey how's your days going i'm like i actually got i actually got dressed she goes <laughs> what does that mean i'm like i put on track pants so she says you put so you traded one pair of pajamas for another one i'm like ah but yes one of them says nike on the side and socially acceptable so yes. right. <laughs> if i need to go to the store they're not just red and black you know checkered you know house pants like the ones i'm currently wearing but that's a whole other topic <laughs> see they're like when I worked in the nursing home and I'd come home from work and I would put on my pajamas and my pajamas were less comfortable than my scrubs. I'm like, there's something wrong here. Right. Scrubs are super comfy from what I've heard. Scrubs are super comfortable. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. had family members work in vets that would wear them. And then, you know, friends of mine who are nurses that just like love their scrubs. Oh yeah. They're not warm, <laughs> but they're comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So April being a musician isn't, enough anymore uh artists are usually expected to also have like a social media presence on multiple platforms so which can be somewhat exhausting so what do you do to help maintain that necessary presence but without it letting it you it overwhelm you great question i'm still working on um letting it not bother me um but because i like i said uh, I'm always like kind of a little counterculture, even like growing up sort of in the YouTube era, I was always like too shy or I don't know, too proud, whatever it is. I never really put up videos of myself. Like I never really, you know, some people just latched onto social media right away cause they loved it. But I'm like a pen and paper outside, no phone kind of person. Like I never, I got in, like I got my first smartphone my last year of college, which was only it was like 10 years ago. So I, all my friends had iPhones and stuff in high school, whatever. I had an LG Octane till I was like 21. So I'm like, actually feel like a laggard in that regard. Um, but what I've, I've, if someone's listening that needs this advice or even you guys deal with this, like uh, what's worked best for me is just understanding, you know, what I have to do. You need to accept the reality of the situation essentially. And you need to agree with it wholeheartedly and be like, okay, I'm going to do with this what I will and can. Um, and then find within that acceptance, find what it is that you can just do naturally that works. Um, because I, I'll, a lot of people are like, Oh, just be authentic, be authentic. But these are, you know, also the same people that have millions of followers and like higher production value on their videos than some TV shows. Like, you know, so it's like, there's definitely a lot of smoke and mirrors in terms of like what people are telling you and what they're actually doing. So you need to kind of figure out what's most comfortable for you. Or that's what I've been doing. Cause I've tried a lot of different things. Um, and the less, the more I can kind of duplicate or replicate my real life onto my social media, I don't feel as weird because there was a long time that 
during my record release and things like that. I was watching my social media and being like, I hate this person. Like, I love me in real life. This is like the opposite thing everybody thinks. But like, I think I'm really cool in real life. I'm just going to put it out there. I enjoy myself in real life. Socially, it works. Whatever. I don't, I know how to handle myself. Online, I'm just looking at myself. I'm like, this girl is so uncomfortable. This is so <laughs> Because not, naturally, I wouldn't do it. And I'm watching people trying to duplicate what they're doing, replicate what they're doing. So... I'm, I'm thrilled that you brought up the jeggings video because I had that actual moment in my mind. I'm like, I, I, should I tell anybody that I bought jeggings? Do I whatever? And I thought, you know what? I if I had a friend in the room right now, like this is what I would do to them. So like, I think this would be a funny TikTok moment. Whereas like, you know, and it worked. People thought it was funny and you know, it's, it's not my music, but I interchange like silly little funny, sarcastic things with actual videos of me singing rather than, me in my bedroom like I, I just like prefer the organic stuff but yeah i'm still working it out to answer your question and it is overwhelming but you kind of just have to like realize that you don't like work in the emergency room like there's there are no lives at stake you know mm -hmm. you just at the end of the day even if you're one of the most popular artists in the world you're always going to be wanting to do more and be more so it's like you just have to get used to the fact that there's sort of you're, some, you're chasing something that might not ever you know, um, get where you want it to be. So you just have to kind of enjoy what you're doing in the moment and let mm -hmm. go. Just let go. It's it's okay. You know, let go. But um, I'm also actively working on not ever being on social media. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's tough. It's tough for me. I, some people really like it. I'm kind of like, don't know what to do with my face and stuff. Well, yeah, I, I get that. And so for me, I started like I started doing a TikTok account and and I was starting making TikToks and all these different things and I got to the point where I just I don't like it I don't like making TikToks and so I've stopped pretty much yeah, uh, um, it's just I'm uncomfortable with it I just it's just it's because the person that I'm portraying I think is the same thing that you were feeling perhaps is that it wasn't yeah. me that wasn't my personality that was coming through I was trying to be something do something. You know, where it's not like where I'm talking to somebody on an interview, I get to be myself in this when I'm talking right. to you and, and sitting down and because it's an interaction, it's a social interaction. And I feel like right. it's, you know, it's it's something completely different. Now, however, I do very much enjoy Twitter. Right. I, I like Twitter because, again, it's the interactions and things like that. I hate Facebook. I hate Instagram. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram are just, they're just horrible to deal with. Facebook is terrible. Instagram, I'm most used to. Like, that was the first social media platform I was, like, really into. So I think I'm just, like, used to it. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, TikTok, like, what you are saying about the social element, it's, like, I need people to bounce off of. If I'm mm -hmm. in a room alone, it's, like, I'm just going to, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm in personal, like, I'm in deep thought or, or just thinking, you know, so. And you it's not like funny. Yeah, right. And so it's just like, I don't know, I need you know, yeah. like, oh, well, you're so funny. Do something funny. I'm like, I'm only funny. Like when people give me like, you know, when some like when there's an opportunity to be funny, like in real life, like, why am mm -hmm. I going to create a circumstance? Right. It's going to show. But yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. So two yeah, things. I think your advice was really good. Very solid. And number two, I had to look. This is the second thing I've had to uh, Google tonight. I didn't know what an LG Octane was, but you can still get one on eBay for twelve ninety nine. Just so, in case you're wondering. Oh, lovely. Um, okay. Well, yeah. With a, with a four and a half that. star rating. Just saying. 
So the phone was fantastic, but I had a job <laughs> after I went to business school in college and like one of my first internships was like oh well do you have email on your phone i'm like no i have this and they're like they're like you <laughs> if oh, you want to work in music and media you know like you probably are going to be expected to like answer an email like even when you're not here like you know have access to that i'm like oh man i'm like really so my mom and i like scrounged up like i don't know how much money like a little bit to get a used android I still got made fun of because it was like the worst of the worst androids sure. and it was like 15 years old or something. And then um, I finally got an iPhone. I don't actually remember when it was like not monumental because I was just felt like I sold out. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I love iPhones though, personally now. So you had the LG Octane. I had the LG Cosmos. So the other flip, the other slide keyboard one. Like I had to look up which one it was. LG Cosmos. I also had what is that? That that one that closed and then flipped as well. I think it was. Oh a, yeah. That I, I remember like, which one that geez. was. I became a crazy texter on that phone. Yeah, the Cosmos. Yep. I may have also had this phone. To be completely honest, I don't know what. Wait, so what does the Octane look like? The Octane opens, right? Yeah. I think so. I had it in like metallic chocolate or something like that. It was like the worst color. It was like brown. <laughs> it was like See, but I had I had the the slide out QWERTY keyboard. I got it my senior year of high school, so I got it in 2010. It was not a new model in 2010, and I did not replace it until after my husband and I got married in 2014. <laughs> I did not have a smartphone until after my husband and I got married. You guys don't understand. Like if I was not, I was if I was not an entertainer, I would have a landline and no social media <laughs> like truly uli like i get all it these, i really like and it's not because i hate everybody in the world it's literally because i it just to me it just doesn't replace especially being a live performer it does not replace the feeling of being in person mm -hmm. so i don't understand why it's becoming Okay, I think it's cool that it can connect you to more people at once from different places, but but it, it doesn't, actually it doesn't yeah. replace human interaction, no. right? And I think like I'm an empath, you know, and I'm also kind of like a I don't know extroverted kind of introvert, and I like have to you know I need time to refuel, and sometimes social interaction actually does fuel me. Sometimes it burns me out, but depends on who you're with. Yeah, and like. If I am burnt out, a lot of times I will go on my phone and it just overwhelms me more. Like I just, there's a weird thing to it. But yeah, I think people are noodling it out and hopefully it doesn't end the whole world. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> and now a word from our show sponsor, Level Up Savers. Their link can be found in the show notes. So we talked about some of your music to get started here, and and we talked about you know do you and and um, bad habit, but the newest single, I woke up alive. Now it's a very powerful tale about your health struggles, and you mentioned some of that in the beginning. Now I have to be honest with you, I don't think I've made it through the entirety of the video. 
Um, it's a very hard video for me to watch because uh, it was a little too close to home in regards to my own daughter's health struggles and and so and and I love the fact that you did put a trigger warning on the beginning of it uh, for 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 people and and what they were going to be seeing and all those things because it is it is a very hard hitting song it is a and the video whew, I tried to make through it today and I didn't. That video brings me to tears. It's okay. It yeah. brings me to tears every single time I watch it. Made um, me cry. Yeah, it's no. it's very intense. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned that you're feeling better and that you're you're doing better and everything, but take us through the process of, of actually putting that video together and, and how you know was that difficult for you to do because of having to look back on that period of your life. Yeah, I mean, well. I edited the whole thing. Uh, my partner took, you know, 99% of the footage. The live footage was done by a couple of friends. Um, but I cried a lot editing it. And I edited it for days, you know, and I was sending different cuts back and forth to one of my team members. And yeah, it was, it actually helped me process it because by the end of the video, like any creative thing that you work on, you start to just live with it. And it's like not as shocking so sure. when I was finally sending it to people after kind of being a little muted from it, I was like, you know, I, I you know, just even hearing the way you guys react to it, it's like, oh shit, that, that is like out in the world mm -hmm. for people to see now. And, and it was it, twofold, it, it, you know, like it, it was really, I didn't really want to be that vulnerable and show people all of that. Cause I mean, it's definitely not sexy footage, you know, it's like, I'm looking at my worst, there's hospital stuff. It's sure. not cool. It's COVID. But I, I did find in sharing like that I had epilepsy, people just did not even under, and I did definitely did not understand before I acquired uh, epilepsy. I did not understand the um, intensity of epilepsy, of the disability. So I thought that it would be important to at least be like, yeah, I'm fine some days, but this is when it looks like when it's not fine. And a mm -hmm. lot of people have epilepsy and are more are not fine like there's i think i put it in the video but there's over a million cases of uncontrolled epilepsy in the united states alone and right. i'm sure there are very similar statistics with other um illnesses and disabilities and i just don't think there's enough visual components especially in such a visual time you know um to really understand like our our understanding of what disabled or chronically ill is is very I think narrow sighted, like it's, it's very narrow. Um, I, and oh, I know agreed. mine definitely was. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. And I, I know you definitely must understand that a whole bunch. Um, so I just wanted to like, I mean, I had like, I didn't know what else to, you know, make the song to, I didn't have a budget for a music video. Um, so I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell the story as is. And quite frankly, I don't know if I would have understood what happened to me if I didn't have the video footage because of all the, blackouts and disorientations and the relearning and all this stuff like i don't like i don't really know what i remember and what i saw in video now it's kind of like childhood memories where you don't like mm -hmm. is it because mm -hmm. i saw me at that christmas or do i really remember that christmas video you know <laughs> right right so um part yeah a lot of it you know i processed it and and kind of relived it a bit but there was i mean a lot of gratitude having been able to edit the video you know seven or eight months after the last hospital visit, you know? So yeah, really interesting experience. <laughs> I'm sure. Really it's all of it. Really, yeah. 
it's a really powerful video though it's a Extremely. really cool video and i i will admit that i didn't get as teary-eyed like i usually would and i i don't know why it didn't hit me today i'm sure the next time i watch it it probably will it doesn't have to sometimes i get numb with that stuff where i'm just like frozen you know yeah, and i think like i was looking at it with the i talked to her after this i talked to her after she did all of this I know that she's okay. I can, right. I have that confirmation that she made it through this, that she came out stronger. And I actually watched it with being very, very proud of you. Right. It was the, look at the cool, like, look how cool she's, she's <laughs> she is. Look at all the things she went through and look what she's accomplished. Like, right. that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's also a part of it. Cause I mean, people, you know, I'd be like, I was in one of the first clips in that video is like my first show as a solo act. And four days before that, I was in the hospital. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody, you know? Right. So it's like, I'm part of that. Like, I think that that was ballsy, you know, that I did that. Like, I I was like, but I have to do it, you know? So it's like, there's that takeaway too, where it's like, I think it's important to do things that might make you uncomfortable, you know, obviously without endangering you. But, you know, my family was there. My partner was there. I wasn't that far off the ground and you know i usually get warning signs anyway so i know how to handle things if you know it were to go down so to speak but yeah yeah and, and, I, and I, sorry no you're fine go ahead signing your contract in the hospital like that was that's just so ba like that is so cool with the, yeah. you know you are so determined you're going to do this are you but, kidding yeah, like I, I'm lucky my partner actually like also had previously gotten a publishing deal because I don't, I mean, I was totally not well enough to like be knowing really what the hell was going on, but I already had agreed to sign it the, the day before. Like the whole plan was to sign it the next day, um, you know, with everybody. Um, so it was already kind of halfway done, but yeah, I mean, you wait lifetimes to get acknowledged like that. Like it would have taken everything for me not to sign that you know and i think i think one of the, the nice things of what you just said is that you know talking about your experience is that i think that the public the population at large does have a very narrow view of what chronic illness looks like mm -hmm. because you know even with my daughter who battles guillain barre syndrome and fibromyalgia mm -hmm. you know the people don't understand that that one day she's going to look like a perfectly normal 15 year old girl out doing her things living her life and the next day she's going to be down for the count. Mm -hmm. Like this past weekend, we were at uh, a small Comic-Con here in Michigan. And on Saturday, she was running around having fun, looking like your normal average teenage girl. Sunday and Monday, she never made it out of bed. You know, just she was done. She was spent. And, you know, so I think that the understanding and, and putting it into focus in the way that you did. A, extremely brave to do that, to share a, a pit of you and a, a bit of you and a piece of you. I can combine bit and piece into pit. So there's that. Um, <laughs> kind of like that. I was like, yeah, it is a pit. That just, has, so that just happened. Yes. So anyway, uh, that'll be on a blooper reel somewhere. Anyway, but, you know, to, 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 to share that bit of you that that's so, you know, and up until working on it may have been a raw nerve and i and i just think it's that's such a very cool thing to do and and i applaud you so greatly because i think that that's something that needs to be a more openly discussed item you know yeah. and the acceptance of people's conditions and what they're dealing with and you know yeah 
A lot of people so. don't have the ability to speak on behalf of what they're feeling too. You know, so like a lot of people don't like legitimately possess the ability to do so. And I know if I'd stayed over medicated in the state that I was the first six months or like, I had no idea what was going on with me. Like my partner was, you know, totally my aide, my caretaker, you know? So it's, I, I feel so terrible for people who are unable to advocate for themselves for whatever reasons. And I just feel like if I have the ability as someone who's, you know, acquired a disability to, to express that or try to speak on behalf of other people that can't speak for themselves, I, it's like, you can't not do that. You have to do that. You have to be like, wake up, like, look what's going on. Yeah. Be more, be more aware of what's going on around you, you know, even if you can't fully see it, but yeah, thanks. Yeah. It was weird to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but sure it'll pay off, though. I'm sure yeah. it's already paying off. Like, the end result well, yeah, is beautiful. I, got, I connected with a lot of women that had epilepsy, which was really cool, or musicians that have experienced it. Like, I didn't really know many people with epilepsy before I started putting the music out and talking about it. So um, that in itself has created its own little community for me, which has been, like, therapeutic in a sense. You know, we're all trying to cheer each other on. If someone, sure. you know, has a rough day health-wise, you know, checking in mm -hmm. and all that. So it helps. helps that, too. Very cool. So I will say that just, I, I think it's, I don't want to say funny because funny is not the right word, but I can't come up with the right word. That finding more people who have a similar issue as you. So you sent the CD to my husband. Mm -hmm. He had epilepsy as a child. He outgrew it, but he was epileptic as a child. So was my older brother. Like it's, it's nuts. It happens. It's insane. Well, it's one and, in 26 people. Oh my God. Like my husband, like when that. he, when he was epileptic, when he was a kid, the treatment was phenobarbital. Like, yep. Yep. and he was on such a high dose of phenobarbital to get his seizures to stop that he barely got to be a kid. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, most child, like I have a friend that, um, I roomed with for a while with childhood epilepsy. And she's like, it's all a blur. She's like her whole childhood's just a blur. She remembers the hospital, but that's how I felt. Like, I don't know, like if people weren't like actively, my partner wasn't actively like videotaping everything. Um, like, I don't know. And that was literally just because that's how our relationship was. We videotaped everything. We take pictures of everything. We're always traveling, you know, and my family's not in PA. Like I'm the only part of my family who's here. So, you know, it was also a way of like during COVID and during all these other things, to like, you know, share with my family what was going on or, you know, see if there was any patterns in what we were finding, you know, so it's really, yeah, very enjoy it all came together, but that's crazy. That's crazy. It's, just, it's way more, po way more common than you'd think. Yeah. Cause it's one of those like invisible illnesses, mm -hmm. right. but also not, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. So I tried when to it talk. makes itself visible, it's very, very visible. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That's the worst part about it. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You mentioned at the beginning of the interview a little bit about your new endeavor, The Pair, which yes. is fantastic. Congratulations. That's super exciting. Thank, thank you. So you are now offering a variety of music production, songwriting, mixing, mastering, and label services to other musicians. Mm-hmm. So what inspired the creation of this new enterprise and what sets the pair apart from other similar services? I have been an indie artist and building my own career up from, you know, not literally knowing anything since I was about 18. 
And prior to that, I had written and produced a full musical by the time I was 16 or 17. I think it was out by 17. So I already understood, you know, the music business or the entertainment business from a kind of a young age. And then I just started applying that to music. Um, and only until recently when I actually signed with the label and signed with a publisher and, you know, got to see like what being an artist was in this sphere really was. I was like, oh, I do these things for myself already. Like I know, you know, other than, you know, funding is cool. But other than that, I, you know, I'm able to execute most things that artists need to grow and evolve and develop. My partner's in a similar situation where, you know, he's also been, you know, uh, pretty self-sufficient his whole life, making art, mixing, producing, playing every instrument, you know, his whole existence too. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and we found ourselves collaborating on everything, you know, he, you know, be mixing a song on my wall, making his artwork. He take, we do all of the photo shoots in house, like of each other. And I do the photoshopping, whatever. So the list goes on. So we realized between the two of us, we can, you know, really support people who want to do unique things, especially when they're first starting out, because we feel like we can help people skip steps that we wish that we would have in the mm -hmm. beginning. And the idea with the pair that I feel like sets us apart from other people is we, we know what it's like to be an artist. We've both been in situations of feeling overpowered by producers or labels or not being heard as an artist. Um, because, you know, there are other parts of being an entertainer, being an artist, it is a huge business. So business is not to be disregarded in that way, but, you know, to really feel like your vision is being tapped into as an artist, I think makes the business side of things much smoother. Um, and we just kind of want to support artists who are sort of already, you know, focused on creating a vision and really bring that vision to life versus the vision of maybe, you know, someone else, um, because, Especially now, the way things are, you need to have a very strong vision for someone to want to invest in you, whether it be monetarily or just as a fan. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I feel like me and Jake learned all this stuff sort of on our own and just want to share it with people because there's tons of gatekeeping in the music community and a lot of communities, especially when it's really competitive. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and we're just all homegrown. That's just this the way it is. And we want to support as many people as we can in, you know, creating cool stuff from nothing awesome awesome so yeah. where did the name the pair come from <laughs> so the studio originally started on pear street <laughs> there you and go we're a pair so that's fruit so it's p-e-a-r and then we um are a pair two people of producers so we thought the pair and you know it just like a lot of studios um and a lot of like music industry type products are very like like everything, well, actually, he self he built his desk, so it's like different over there. But a lot of gear, there's like not many color choices. It's very dark. It's very sleek, very intimidating. A lot mm -hmm. of ego. So we wanted to choose a color scheme too that was like not typical of a music uh, business. So we thought like something that looked more, almost like uh, homey and and warm and like fresh you know, like a pear or like a farm, you know, because the, the hope is at some point we will um, grow the studio um, uh, and, and put it separate location on a farm. So it's basically like a getaway for artists and they can stay there and um, well, it'd be, be cool. just like a full, yeah, like a full on just getaway experience that they don't, have, you know, they don't, because we like are aware that we're not, we're not in New York, we're not in Nashville, we're not in LA. 
So, you know, to come out here from those places, if you're really pursuing your art, you know, it's going to be an expense. It's going to be a big, you know, sacrifice, but you know, the sacrifice pays off when you get to be in the middle of a beautiful place, making good art and you can sleep That's there cool. too. So yeah. yeah make it, make, make it like a draw. All, yeah. Like trying to make an all inclusive, like emotionally, spiritually, and artistically supportive <laughs> experience. That's so cool. I love that. Very idea. cool. Yeah, Thanks. Cool. Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah. Any of them um, that listen to the podcast will know. Yeah. Like, we make music. We do. We can pretty much do anything. I'll, I'll bring it on. <laughs> that is uh, super awesome. cool. I was thinking you guys would grow a pear tree and then build like the thing up in the tree. So you have like a, a clubhouse and a pear tree. Also not out of the question. <laughs> we definitely want to, we definitely want to grow a couple of pear trees on the property. It's it's like literally a conversation. Like it's not even a joke what you're saying. Oh, that's cool. That's but cool. By, doing a house in it is a cool idea. That's a cool idea or some sort of, you know, like the studio is up in the pear tree. Have fun getting your drums up there, but as long as there's a random partridge in there as well. Right. Of course. Oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But yeah. Yeah, that's the pair. We're super excited about it. It, cool. it feels a lot less personal than like a artist project where you have to be like, yeah, I'm really cool, blah, blah. Like, it's kind of cool to be like, we're cool and our artists are cool. It feels a little bit more um, community driven, which is nice. Mm -hmm. The notes on the back of I Woke Up Alive say the album was performed by you. We know that you sing and play the piano. Uh, did you play any other instruments on the album or were those handled by Kulik and Kevin? Um, so producers. yeah, yeah. So it's just me, Kulik and Kevin on the record in terms of, uh, instrumentalists. Um, but yeah, I sang everything. I played all the piano. Um, I played, I do a lot of like the string parts, um, all the vocal arrangements. I do some of the drum patterns too. Um, the guys mostly play guitar, um, and bass. Um, I like a lot of the times what will happen is because those two, like guitar and bass are not like my specialties in terms of just recording them. I'll play parts or kind of emulate what I want and then they'll do it like for real. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I also love to do, um, a lot of the synth programming and stuff like that. Like that's really fun for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mostly from my brain and then those guys just totally like blew it up for me. Like they did so many cool things um on there but yeah that's it's just us three very Let's cool make it happen yeah and now a word from our sponsor since 1982 vital signs and graphics has been helping professionals with all their image logo and design needs perhaps you're looking for signs and banners truck and trailer lettering business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. Welcome back to the FSF Popcast. So, the FSF podcast spawned from our Facebook group, which was called the Funny Science Fiction Group. Now, in that group, we have about 206,000 members right now, and it's a group full of just 
sci-fi lovers and there's memes upon memes and I'm stealing one of Nick's lines and he's very uncomfortable with me saying this, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> but so we usually ask the people to, you know, to make a meme mashup in their head and tell us, you know, you know, would they meet as allies or enemies or something like that. But that doesn't usually fit for a musician. So here's the musician version of this. Okay. If you could put together a tour, you being the headliner, of course, but with two other bands or solo artists, just putting this out in the universe, see if it ever could happen. You know, the universe will do what it wants with the information. Who would you pick and why? So two other artists? Yeah, two other artists or two two other bands to come on the road with you. And it could be anybody from any time, or... any genre. Well, Queen, obviously. If any time, any genre. I think Queen, because they're, they would just be so cool. Freddie Mercury specifically, obviously. But oh, yeah. Him. Um, and I think I'm just going to say Florence and the Machine because she's been playing oh. some crazy shows lately. Yeah. Yeah, I That's see myself sick. going in like kind of a folk pop direction. Like I Woke Up Alive was the last song I wrote on the record. So it's more similar to what's kind of coming next, if that makes sense. Okay. A lot of yeah, other stuff's older. Yeah, so her. Yeah. That would be I, awesome. That would be yeah. a really good concert. Even if you, even if you couldn't make the exactly, I was gonna say, even (laughs) if you can't make the the Queen thing happen, I would totally be down to see you with Florence and the Machine. Yeah, let's make that happen. I would love to open for Pink too, or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome. She'd be a cool. I mean, she just seems like the coolest girl in the world. But she really does. She seems very down to earth. Yeah, it's like so cool. So. April, it is no secret to anybody who's listened to our show before that our ensemble here is somewhat divided when it comes to musicals. I absolutely (laughs) love them. Nick has a general understanding and appreciation for them, while Tim hates them. Okay. Which is sad. Living in his little sad bubble without musicals for whatever sad, cranky old man reason he has right now. But I have Star Wars, so I'm okay. (laughs) But, April, you played Maureen in your high school production of Rent. <laughs> like how the hair immediately covers the face. You're like, no, you know yeah, about you this. Know. Yeah. Oh. Which, which knowing Maureen's solo number in that musical, that is, that is quite the role. <laughs> it's me. I was 15 when I did that. Oh, and it was 2009. So it was almost okay to be gay in high school in New York. Um, but yeah, like a bunch of news channels were like crazy about it. Cause it was our, it was a high school version of rent. Um, that's a pretty risky show to be doing in a high school. Yeah. Like literally crazy, but fantastic. Everyone loved it. I loved it. And it was like a total, I love musicals. Actually, we're seeing book of Mormon next week. Me and Jake, cause awesome. he's, yeah, he's trying to indulge my musical side a little bit more and like, you know, I wrote one. I obviously love them. Like, um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm more partial. I realized I couldn't probably be a musical theater performer because I'm more partial to the modern rock musicals. So I was like, I should probably just be a rock singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Rent was actually, they, they, my high school put the, the band on stage like they do for the Broadway show. Oh, sweet. So that was the first time I sang like four feet away from a rock band. And I was like, I'm doing that. Yeah. Like that was like a turn. And I was like, that's different than musical theater. That's cool. Like, I want to do that. So, um, and of course, I got to bump my ass off on the sh- in the show, which is like why I love to sing. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, Maureen's part is so much fun. 
Yeah. She is such a fun she's, character. She's the best. And I did not want to be Mimi because they had her actually doing the all the flips and twists on the poles and shit on the top. I'm like, I will die. Like when I was Maureen and I had to do the take me or leave me stuff from table to table. Mm-hmm. The director, I'm like, literally, this is not even funny. We had to put two folding chairs in between the tables so I could get from table to table. And I still was like, I'm going to fall. Like, I couldn't handle it. I was, I'm very afraid of heights. Like, I'm very uncoordinated. So, um, like, I fall, I fall on stage every, like, not like Post Malone recently fall, but like, oh, I will almost for him. He's amazing. I feel so bad for him. Hope he's feeling okay. Anyway, um, I like slip or fall or kick something over or break a shoe. Something, one thing that no one else notices always happens on stage like that. Um, so I'm just a spaz, but anyway, yeah, I love, I love musicals. I love rock musicals. Rent's probably my favorite. Rent is a fantastic musical. So how would you try to convince Tim that he should watch Rent? Tim, I feel like what you need to do if you really want to do this is figure out what your like favorite genre of music is. There's most likely been a jukebox musical made after that genre of music, which is basically like a collection of all the songs. Okay. But like, did you ever see like, do you like Green Day? Uh, yeah. There's I know a Green that they Day had musical. one. It was just pretty cool. Like visually it was really cool. But um, honestly. It was based like, off of American Idiot, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's like, a, it's like a jukebox musical about that record. So that's cool. But yeah, like, again, like I, I think a lot of it is like, the peppiness with musical theater people are get like get a little turned off by which i as well do and like all the, the classic stuff i'm not like super into but i just find music i like and then if they put it in a musical i'll watch it you know but you kind of have to take like it's like watching judge judy like it's it's kind of like a real courtroom it's like seriously like you watch it because it's judge judy and it's like kind of like a real courtroom but you need to like take what you're going to get from it. Like it's obviously not a real situation. Like obviously they're not going to break out into song in the middle of the AIDS crisis. Like, I mean, they basically did. That's why rent was written, but like, you know, it's like, you need to take what you're going to, what it is. You need to take it for what it is. It's going to be like a fake courtroom, although it's entertaining, you know, it's just a musical musicals do these things, but there's no reason why you can't enjoy it. Do you ever see Avenue Q Tim? It's a little vulgar, but it's funny. Nope. Okay. I, no I actually mentioned that in our chat and I was like, I think Tim would enjoy that one. <laughs> Avenue it's a Q. Good it's funny. Okay. So I've been to many. My wife loves musicals, although she no longer takes me because I sit there asking what in God's good green earth is going on and why they're singing at each other instead <laughs> right, of just talking. Yeah. And she's tired of trying to explain musicals to me. Right. Uh, but the last one I saw that I liked, actually, I actually liked was Phantom. I saw Phantom. Really? I enjoyed Phantom, um, and I do like the TV show on Apple uh, called Schmigadoon. Uh, those are the Is only that based two. Based off of Brigadoon, it's a it's a parody of okay. a, a lot of different. Musicals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's very funny. I didn't know about that. Wait, so, Phantom of the Opera is like the musical of all musicals. That's funny that that's one that you enjoyed because like that's not something that I'm like. I think the music's really cool for the most part, but I think it was the music, while, the, the intro song with the guitar and everything. You know, right. Bum, 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 you know, that yeah, kind of like, got really me. That's really cool. So you should try some rock musicals or something like that. Yeah. Cause my wife took me to, let's see, cats. I wanted to go play in traffic. Les Mis. I wanted to go that's play in traffic. Um, yeah. uh, Miss Saigon. That wasn't bad, but you know, for eh. the most part, you know, no, you gotta go see fun ones. 
fun yeah. rock musicals like if, just what you like right if we will rock you is near you go see that one because that's the queen musical oh isn't there a beatles oh, musical yeah i think uh, it's like a bunch like across like across or, the universe or something like that yeah oh yeah jersey boys jersey boys is fun too i saw motown the musical that was fun i just love all that music and the story was really interesting actually and in all reality you probably would like the stage production of lion king never it's seen funny, that it's funny you should the, mention that the stage production of aladdin was amazing like the uh the treasure area what was that called the forbidden oh no yeah whatever it's cave of wonders that go. was really fun and like how they did things on the stage seemed very magical i was like how did they do that well that's there you go <laughs> because when i watch theater two now i'm kind of like i know how they did that Mm -hmm. but when you don't know it's when it's the best to me i think why lion king would get you i mean i don't know how what your opinion is about the movie of lion king tim oh i love lion king and it's funny you should mention it because in january we're probably gonna go see it i was gonna say are you going or not um i've been told i am because of the puppetry and the costuming in that one i think you'll really enjoy that one that one's really cool yeah i saw that in toronto in 2003 See, now on the and animated version, just... I sing along with the songs. I'm not going to well, lie. Yeah. I was completely, like, just mesmerized by it because it is all of the, the costuming is all the African tribal look. And mm-hmm. it is so beautiful. It is so incredible. And, like, the, the beginning of the show when the animals are all showing up for Simba, they walk down the aisles around you. And it's like you're suddenly in the middle of the savannah, and it's like this is so cool. Interesting. Okay. I also love musicals, and it doesn't matter what I go see; I'm going to love it all. Well, that's great. Probably true. (laughs) I grew up in a musical family. It's what happens. Yeah. Right. My parents. I grew up with a mom who listened to Patsy Cline and Elvis, so doesn't. My pets. My my parents met doing community theater. Like it's just. Oh. My grandma was an opera singer. I was a spoon in Beauty and the Beast in my high school. Like, it's it's just what I do. Yeah, of all things, I was a spoon. But it was still fun. It was a tuxedo and a giant spoon sticking out the back of it. And... Oh, my God. The things we do for theater. Like, I know. It's the worst. I know. Dancing around on stage under stage lights in a tuxedo is the worst. Yeah, my, my, first, my first recital costume when I was a dancer, when I was three, I was a bubble. <sighs> It was a bubble, a straight up bubble. And then I, I saw the older girls dancing to Michael Jackson. I was like, why am I not doing that? And I was like, it's because you're like three. It's on tape. Like we have a whole <laughs> like this that I'm not dancing like a bunch of teenagers. I'm like, like, but I want to do that. And I was like, well, you're young. Like, so she waited to put me back in dance. And then sure enough. But you'd be a shoot bubble. I was a great bubble. I mean, I was literally the best bubble in the bunch, but. I wanted to be like a rock star, like, like you okay? Are you okay? Like they were doing it was like, <laughs> criminal. It was a smooth criminal. I'll never forget it. I was like, seriously, I so I remember the feeling of like seeing the costumes they were wearing, which were so cool. And then hearing the music, I was like, why I want to do that. I love so, that. Yeah. April, many artists like a certain medium or style that they tend to gravitate to. So I'm wondering like process of like how you found your sound or um the process like did the lyrics come before the music or did the music come after the lyrics 
Mm, it's always different. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to write. Sorry, were you in the middle? No, uh, I was. I, I he was just I realizing that he asked. Side. He asked the same thing two different ways. <laughs> it's not going to matter because, quite honestly, I have no idea what I'm doing. So it's this year already way out there. But no, like in terms of writing, like it always changes. Like I just have to be. I said this the other day. I just always have. I have to be attached to what I'm doing. So if if I find a lyric that I'm obsessed with, I'll make it work because I love it, you know? So if it comes first, like, and it's just in a poem, I'll make that work. And then if I come up with a melody and I'm obsessed with that, I'll stick a good lyric in it, you know? So it's just, you know, I find myself writing mostly, excuse me, a piano and vocal. Um, but, you know, I, I've also been writing the tracks that I make and tracks that my friends make too. So um, I guess like the bottom line is I just need to be attached to something that plants the seed of being like excited about it and then it will it will go usually all right cool yeah all right so april we're at a stage in our show where one of two things happens either we take our guest through a quiz that they're completely not ready for or b we ask them a silly question and tonight we decided that we just ask you a silly question oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping right. for the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, okay, so here it is. So if you had the choice between two superpowers, you could be invisible or you could fly. Which one would you choose? And why? I guess send why. I don't know. It just felt like a good rhyme. <laughs> why? Be invisible oh, or fly. man. I or honestly why? feel like. I'd rather fly because if I were invisible and people didn't know I was there, I wind up seeing stuff I don't want to see and hearing stuff I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Usually I don't want to be involved with like anything. So flying would then come in handy to make sure that that happens. So I could just, if someone starts to talk, it's like, Oh, I got to fly away. And I just <laughs> fly like birds or somebody's coming near me. Just. <laughs> I don't know I'd what's rather- wrong. What? I don't know what's wrong. I, I just am floating right. away. Yeah. Oh, there are like so many people. situations where I wish I could have just oh, flown away. Oh, look at the distance. Yeah, like, just, oops, there I go. Fly. Like, birds just do it. Like, they don't ask. Birds don't ask to, like, fly away. They just go. You know, they're right. just like, oh, talk to you later. Okay. Yeah, they see people walking at them, and they're like, bye. Right. Like, when I was, I canoe with Jake, and we'll be, like, going in the river, and there's, like, the, um, the pelicans, mm-hmm. the white, beautiful birds. And I'm like trying to get fast to go to them, like, and then they just fly away when we're like almost there. I'm like, why do you even bother? Like, they have like the ability to just see you and then just fly easily and lightly to wherever they would like to go. But also, with that, with being afraid of heights, you can still fly low to the ground, so you're not yeah. too high. I think if I was in control of it, it wouldn't bother me as much. That's because that the heights thing is like I just there's a lot of unknowns and yeah, because if you fall, you are not in control of it. <laughs> No, because that's the whole thing. Like falling from a height is the scary thing, really. If I know I'm safe, like if you know what I mean. If I know I'm safe, it's not that big of a deal. But like being on a cliff or like any of that, no thanks. Bye. I'll, yeah, I'm gonna need wings. Um, All right. Yeah. Very good. Well, April, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your work? Um. So you just look up April, like the month, rose, like the flower. And Gabrielli, which is my last name, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-I. So April Rose Gabrielli. Um, that's my website. So it's AprilRoseGabrielli.com. And then on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, 
I have a Patreon too that could always use new community members. We have a lot of fun on there. So that's just patreon.com slash Gabrielli. But yeah, just give me a quick Google. I'm on YouTube too. Um, and you'll find me there. Awesome. Yeah. We will link those in the video description. That would be great. All right. We also want to remind people that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help us to continue to grow, help us to get more amazing guests like April Rose Gabrielli here and have these funny moments for you guys to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps more than you'll ever know. And certainly you want to go to April's website, her Patreon, her Instagram, follow her on all social media and all the other things that she does and go check out her music. You will not be sorry. She has an amazing, and I do mean amazing voice and I'm a big fan, but if for whatever reason you were not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That of course is Elton John's keyboard. Sure. It's put together some happy and fun songs like Benny and the Jets, Daniel, don't go breaking my heart, Crocodile Rock, and so many others. But you know, it also played Saturday Night's All Right. You know, that night that was all right for fighting. His keyboard knows how to throw a punch. So you got to be careful about that. So just bring one copy of your complaint because the offending party is either going to get a ballad or a butt kicking. That could happen. You know, but either I, I way. I think it would be better to have a face melting. Do you think, though, that the keyboard will knock us flat? Either way, the population is going to get some good music out of it. Well, thanks again, April. Thank you, guys. It's nice to meet you, Nick, over Zoom. But, you know, um, and nice to see you guys again as well, Sam and Kathleen. So this time um, again next year? Yeah. I mean, just buy it. <laughs> make this an annual thing. I mean, <laughs> Our annual check-in with April Rose Gabrielli. Yeah, right. And then the rug, yeah. All right, guys. That's going to conclude us for the FSF podcast. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Ciao. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF podcast or go to www.fsfpodcast.com and click on the contact me link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs>